Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Twin Cities by Night and our third story arc, Dread. Dread is set in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, Minneapolis, and St. Paul in the hot and humid summer of 2011. Join us again and continue to follow the journey of Katow, played by Quinn, and William, played by Slavic, as they continue to traverse the dark society held within the Twin Cities. They will be joined by three new kindred, Warren, a Tremere, played by Adam, Valentine, a Nosferatu, played by Alex, and Lenny, a Nosferatu, played by Andrew. The quarter will find themselves joined together by a sense of dread. If you would like to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So, well, the first thing we'll start off with is with Valentine. Valentine, you are sitting in this old beat-up F-150 that Donald is driving in. Currently, uh, you originally were going to go and meet with Elijah and a couple other members of the Nosferatu clan within the city to mm-hmm. set up a presentation with the prince. Donald, your ghoul, is in the process of driving you to this meeting. His cell phone rings. And you know that he is usually the liaison for you for, for any interactions that you have with anyone outside of your little family, for lack of a better term. His phone rings on his hip in his hip placement holster, and he answers it quickly, almost like he, in some pre- some way, he was cognitive of it was about to ring. And his hand quickly snaps to the side with this speed that that you would not expect from a man of his age and of his build. And he grabs his phone quickly off his hip, pulls it out of the holder, and answers it. And you hear him go, hello? And then you, there's a silence. And then here you go, understood. And then he flips the phone close, puts it back in his holder on his hip, and he looks at you in one fluid motion. His his face turns towards you while he's driving, and he says, there's been a change of plans. And he turns and he looks forward to the road again. All right, where are we going now? That was Elijah. He said that I am to take you to a country club here in town, and that instead of having a different member of your family introduce you to the leadership here that he is going to introduce you himself to the prince. He said that he will explain when we meet there and it should take about five minutes from the directions that he gave me. All right. Drive. And he just kind of turns and looks and he keeps looking straight ahead and you see his hands. When you say that again, you see his hands kind of gently clench on the steering wheel. You can see like the muscles and the, and, and the tendons in his hands kind of are reflected by the, the 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 clock the digital clock that's within the car and the dials and the and the you know the slight illumination that's provided there it almost looks reptilian like it's a creature of its own eventually the five six seven minutes goes by and you he starts getting off on the exit and as you look at this exit you see that there's deep like like green lush trees that are on both sides of the road and as he kind of makes a right when he gets on this normal road, you can kind of look t- out your passenger window and you see these slightly gently rippling hills that almost look like a, a, an ocean in a way, but of, of grass. And you can kind of see the moonlight come through the clouds a little bit and kind of illuminate it. And you realize what you're looking upon 
uh, is a is a golf course you see like there's like dark a golf cart uh, path that are kind of like cutting their way through these hills and as he keeps driving eventually you can kind of see up ahead like three blocks or so a warm illumination that's being brought in from uh, some lights that are in front of this building and as you can see the front of the building as you're coming up like i said it's about you know a couple blocks away you can see like the front part looks uh like it has it's, it's made of glass like you can see the light coming from within the glass and you can see like the circular fountain that's in front can i instruct him to pull up out of sight so i can approach without him being seen or seeing the place Definitely. So you, you say that he look he, as he said that to him, he's like, he just, without even acknowledging that, you know, he understands, he just pulls over to the side of the road and kind of like turns off the light. Cause he's used to doing this with you in similar times, you know, where he's had to drive you and he knows how to be inconspicuous. And he knows when you, he can even tell when you say a command like that, what that all entails. And he, and so sure. when he turns off the lights, he just kind of sits there in the darkness as you're, uh, as you look to the right and you can kind of just see the sidewalk and you can't quite see the golf course now because there's like a little grove of trees there, but you're about a two, three blocks away from out of character, what you know to be the Hawthorne country club. Okay. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to instruct Donald to remain in the car with the lights off and not to sleep. I'm going to give him some blood and then I want to stealthily approach the place so that I can arrive kind of unannounced. So, you know, like when you, when you tell him to stay and not fall asleep and you offer him blood, it's, this isn't as, as dominator slash ghoul as the fir- the scene that you had with your foot, you know, this is more, mm-hmm. this is more w- with a purpose. Like when you give him the blood, he doesn't get as much enjoyment from it, but in a way he m- probably mentally does because now he feels like, like almost like a stalker, like he was whenever he was doing his previous crimes before you uh, attempted to rehabilitate him. So you kind of like mm-hmm. give him from your wrist or, you know, slice her hand or whatever. And he kind of just, it's, it's almost like quick and done, you know, like he doesn't savor yeah. too much. And you could go ahead and get out the door. So you're telling me out of character that you want to kind of stealthily make your way up towards the country club? Yeah, I want to I want to attempt to drop in on the prince without being noticed. Well, actually, what you got to do is he said that you're going to have to meet Elijah, the Nosferatu primogen there, and then he's going to introduce you to gotcha. the prince. So, I so, see. Yeah. And, and I mean, he said that, you know, we'll just say that donald told you that like the primogen was going to meet you kind of at the side of the building because not in the front go through the front but kind of go go through the 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 back side so like if you were to walk up there for and we'll have you do it stealth like if you need to but um Mm -hmm. if you're to like walk up continue walking down the sidewalk towards the hawthorne country club you know you you'd see the front entrance in a way but before you got to the front entrance you'd see this walkway like almost like the golf cart paths that you saw on the golf course that goes along the right side of the building and kind of leads towards the back of the building and as you would if you were to follow that you'd kind of get to where like the dumpsters are at and where like the re- the people who work in the little restaurant that's in there where they'd like dump the trash out and have their smoke breaks and you know and stuff like that so okay. you want to like kind of stealth make your way stealthily down there is that what you're trying to do yeah to elijah just try and remain as unseen as possible until I reach him. Okay, definitely. So let's go ahead and uh, just to kind of, you know, for, for, to see how well you do this, let's have you roll a dexterity and stealth. And that will be, we'll say just a difficulty six. And I'm going to make a roll here on my own. So you kind of like slowly, like 
you know, you kind of get, get into that primal side of you that you've grown accustomed to in these last couple of years, where basically you kind of like go into the tree line and you start like weaving your way through uh, these trees, like gently, like kind of feeling the bark on your, on your, on your fingers as you walk by and you can feel like the wisp of like the pines from the pine trees that are like coming along, like smacking against your face. You can hear it like slightly just ruffle against your, their clothing. And you make your way down, like you come upon the sidewalk and you can see it from this little grove of trees as you stop for a second. You can see this walkway that kind of leads towards the back. And, you know, if you were to like go down that walkway and on itself, you'd be illuminated from some light from like the side of the building. But instead, you kind of go to the right of that walkway and you kind of creep along through the golf course. And so you're able to like hide in the shadows a little bit of like some slight hills or like slowly like creeping, even like sometimes when you're doing it, you're kind of even like almost on all fours at one point where you're like almost like going up like a, a slight incline to look ahead of of the hill to see if you can you know if you can spot anything you almost are, are almost like feral in a way when you're doing this and then you'll then you'll kind of like lower your way down through another hill into the shadows or go along like a slight embankment that like the moonlight hasn't really illuminated and finally as you're able to go along there you kind of look up out of this embankment and you see uh, a back the, the the back area of the country club where there's basically like two dumpsters that are painted brown and are rusting and like flaked like the the elements have had their way with them and you can kind of smell that di distinct smell come through your nostrils of pugnant like like trash that hasn't been fully removed from the dumpster, even though they weekly will come like that, that, that the liquids and the seepage of like meat and, and milk and rain and mildew and decay that just hasn't fully is never going to ever be removed completely from these dumpsters. And you can smell that gently. Then you can look and you see past where those dumpsters are on the right. You look and you see almost like where uh, a loading dock for like a, a truck, like a supplier, like a grocery supplier or an alcohol supplier could back up like a small, almost like U-Haul truck there and lift up the back and someone will lift it up and they could bring in like fresh produce or anything like that. And then to the left of that, you see like there's this metal door there that says and it has this 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 metal sign that's like bolted into it that says in you know bold red letters like employees only and you can see like there's about where that door's at it's if someone was to come out of that door they'd be standing like on a sidewalk that's like five feet off the ground you know what i mean so like to where they'd have to turn right and go down some steps <clears throat> to make it to where they're on the level where this dumpster, you know, the dumpsters would be at. And you could see like this, the brick of the building, like the country club didn't try hard to make this look as presentable as the front. You can almost see like there's this light bulb that's next to that door that someone would walk in and out of that's on. And you can see like bugs or mosquitoes and moths are kind of like flying along it to where like the, the, there's these illuminating shadows that are kind of like coming across like these trash cans, even across your face at times as you're sitting there like a predator uh, looking upon this scene. And you look and then you finally you see a, a figure that is standing by the steps, like leaning against the handrails that go up these steps are like that are also painted brown and he has like khaki pants on that are pleated and he has like this this white button-up shirt that has the sleeves kind of like rolled up a little bit to like mid quarter of the forearm and he has like this blonde hair that's parted in the middle and it's it's it's, it's kind of combed wave like 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 a feather 
brushing that goes along the sides and he's clean shaven and and he has these brown loafers that are on uh, that look cheap in a way not like anything that's extremely fancy even though your character probably wouldn't know the difference and he's standing there looking out into the shadows and you see he's like scanning and scanning you know like he's waiting someone and then you see like he comes across you a second time and there comes a moment where like he stops where you're like in this ravine you feel like this endorphin rush like hits your system even though your biological system quit producing endorphins and, and, and adrenaline like this but you feel this little slight rush as you realize that this figure can see you but they just you see him just kind of smile and he like warmly like just kind of waves to you for a second now you have yet to see elijah you know what i mean but you get a feeling just like this weird sense of an unexplainable relation to this individual you know like 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 uh, mm -hmm. this is this is a known known you know what I mean? Like, like you feel you can already tell by seeing him and how he dresses you and how he's looking into the shadows that you're at at the moment. Now that I've noticed, I'll just kind of calmly start striding towards him, like walking towards him. I'll take my time. Now, are you using your obfuscated form that you had before that you set up earlier in the evening of the little boy? Yeah, will be. Can you describe that one more time? Like, like what he's wearing and what he looks like? So I'm kind of dressed like a, um, I guess like a raggedy Andy kind of look, you know, Victorian era child. Um, yeah, it's a little bit out of place, but um, it's all part of the illusion. So he's not trying to, he's not trying at all to recreate anything about his childhood, is he? Like his past life? No, no not at all. He's kind of... Uh, I guess maybe he saw old photos in the mansion of, uh, you know, the spirit, the place where he used to live when he was younger. He might have seen old photos there and thought this could be fun. Like this, this devilish troll kind of that's within him that gets like a little pleasure of doing this, knowing that it might make some feel uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. So I'll keep keep that appearance up, but as I get closer, I'll let it kind of fade away. Just one more time for for the people who may not remember uh, when when before we get into the scene, like what's his unobfuscated appearance look like? Like a little boy that's been completely burnt over, I guess. Like bits of skin peeling off. He's got your typical distended nose and ears that a Nosferatu would have. He's got the front two teeth, kind of fusky and disgusting, sharp like a rat. Uh, it does have nice blue eyes though. I guess that's the one thing that didn't quite get corrupted. Balding, but with wisps of thin hair on the top. And you said he wears like a rain slicker kind of, because like, you know, yeah. obviously like people won't see you, even if you're obfuscated, cameras can break it, but like, okay, gotcha. So like we're like a big draping raincoat with a hood. So as you come walking up and you come walking out of the shadows, you can kind of, when, when you, step off from the grass over the curb and you could feel the black top under your sneakers and kind of hear the crunch of the of some pebbles and you can kind of see when this figure is looking at you you see the look in his eyes and the 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 laxness of his face tense a little bit as you drop off you skate now it's not more and um i mean out of character it's obviously not because you know you freak him out because obviously this guy's a nosferatu too even though you haven't seen his true form it's the fact that 
to see one just kind of come out you know what i mean like in an impression like that it's intimate you know not in a obviously anything kind of sexual but you're showing a side of you that a lot of nosferatu kind of like don't want people to see in public you know what i mean or in a way you know what i mean and so it's almost like he and it takes a, a second for him to notice because obviously you got this orange raincoat that's kind of like draped over your head but he eventually can see like the the victorian younger boy disappear in this raincoat to take over you know and he realizes what exactly is happening at that moment when you walk in within like five feet from him you just kind of see he still has a smile on his face so he doesn't look at you like in disgust or any kind of judgment or anything like that so he looks at you and he says, I see you've made it here. Okay. Yeah, it was easy enough to find. There's not much else like it around for on this area. And Donald told me that you already have somewhere to live, that you have found somewhere you guys have moved in and grown comfortable. I don't know if I'd say comfortable, but it's somewhere to stay. Should have figured I'd find, find someone like myself near the dumpsters here. I'll kind of gesture towards them. Take no offense from this. It's just how the prince likes to handle things sometimes. He doesn't he's not one for pomp and circumstance. And so he want, wants to beat you and he'll he'll come out here and speak to us. Before I let him know that you're here, I just want to kind of give a, a word of advice. You know, we spoke on the phone before Valentine and you told me your reasons for coming in here. And I explained to you what 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 would be required for us to vouch for you and to kind of extend an invitation to our family here you know we told you that this, this gentleman lenny that you'll be meeting will kind of be taking you under his wing and kind of showing you the ropes here in the twin cities but i understand you're, you're full of anger and rage and 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 i want you to know that we completely are empathetic to it our family is empathetic to it but we highly suggest that maybe you keep some of that to yourself when you speak to philip here <laughs> i'll try my best I know Would it that be nice he... if he's he's going to come meet us out here, is he? Yes, yes, he will. So we we have to stand around outside. I'm sure if I'm sure if we went oh I'll, the way I'll go we are door and sit us down, you know, it's a little bit insulting. Well, you know, I, I, first I'm going to go grab him once we're done speaking here. But you have to understand. Mm -hmm. And it kind of ties into the piece of advice that I gave you is that you've been secluded on your own for a while. And I can understand that. But usually, you know, we've explained to you already the masquerade and the reason behind that. So we don't like uh, we don't like to show ourselves getting together too much. We just find that might bring unwanted attention. But another thing back to my first point is that you need to learn, Valentine, that when you're dealing with our kind outside of our family, that people are always trying to broker information. Information is something that people use uh, to, to buy favor, to curry. It's almost a currency of, of a sorts. You, and, and I know you've been part of our family for longer than you lived before. And I, and I know you're mm -hmm. probably familiar with a lot of these concepts I'm telling you about. So what I'm saying is I'm not asking you to lie if you feel any kind of uh, moral uh, uh, conflict about, about lying. I'm just telling you that be weary. <laughs> Be weary about who you let you know your true intentions. I don't need you to remind me of that. Go I, get the I, prince. I'll wait out here. And he kind of see, he just kind of looks at you and he just kind of nods and he turns around. And he he walks up the steps and he opens the employee's only door and then he walks into it. What's going on in your head at the moment after he walks in there? Like what's going on in Valentine's head? Well, I guess because of 
been on my own for so long, I'm feeling a little bit uh, apprehensive and a little bit, you know, I'm kind of like, who the hell are these guys to tell me what to do? You know, I, I'm probably feeling a little bit more um, pride in myself than, and, you know, a little bit, um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Like, I'm separate from these guys and they've got no right to tell, like a sovereign kind of state. So- yeah, yeah, and yeah. Myself, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I, like, it's like I don't necessarily want to follow their rules. I kind of see them a bit arbitrary, but I'll go along with it for now. Yeah, like to keep it simple, you kind of feeling rebellious a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't need to fit into their rules or whatever. Definitely. And I'm feeling a little insulted that I wasn't invited in as well. Yeah. That he just I wants get- to come meet me out by the trash in the side of the country club. See, that's a very that's a very legitimate. You know what I mean? Uh, feeling there definitely. So. You wait there for about five minutes and then you could kind of like hear as you're staring at the door, you can kind of hear some talking from behind. And then you hear like, you know how you push those metal bar doors to open them from inside. You could kind of sure. hear one of those be pushed in. I want to activate my obfuscate again. I don't want the prince to, to, see, I don't think to see what I look like. Manipulation and performance difficulty seven. All right. You got three successes. So he looks the way he wants to appear. So, as you walk out, your 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 visage that you described earlier, you know, is, is what you have right now. And so you see Elijah come walking out, and then you see like a, a man come walking out behind him that is about six foot five. He's about looks like he's about two hundred and and fifty pounds, two hundred and forty pounds, but he's not muscular. Kind of has like somewhat of a belly, but he's like a bear of a man. You know what I mean? He's clean shaven. Kind of has like a a, a ball, like a bald ring in the middle of his head, but he has like short cropped hair that that that's cut like across. You know, like around it. He's wearing uh, these gray slacks with like these highly polished black shoes. He has like a blue polo shirt on and you can see the very thick like dark hair but you can kind of see that his the color of his skin though is very um pale almost you know and has these very sharp like like um gray eyes that that kind of like pushes personality out into the world and you can kind of see when he walks by that this is a figure who you get the sense of like um for lack of a better term like like he he either currently or in his moral life might have been like an alpha personality out of character this is brian rogers the seneschal of the twin cities and then as he steps out you see behind brian rogers you see a figure that looks to be about 5 11 180 pounds uh he has like these these navy blue like like really well tailored pants on and he has kind of like this this uh pinstriped like white and, and gray shirt that he has tucked in but he has like the top three buttons kind of like undone two buttons and he has the sleeves like completely rolled up to like above his elbow and he also has like these these nice black loafers he has this blonde angelic hair almost that seems to, to curl naturally on his own but it's, it's kind of like cut shorter like a more in a conservative style to where like it doesn't even touch his ears or anything to that extent he has like uh you see kind of has a nicer watch on his on around his wrist and he has like these somewhat like you you get the sense that this man lived like a soft life but he has like features that you can tell come from like people who are used to to being in positions of leadership and 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 slash royalty or whatever the higher crust of society you know you know you know at times especially in your dealings that you have had you know valentine having to deal with the 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 
lower echelons of society that sometimes you can look at someone and you can tell their lot in life just by their bone structure, right? You can look at that person and be like, they're never going to come out of the trailer park or they're probably going to end up doing a lot of time in jail more than in the free world. But you look at this individual as they walk out and you can tell that is a person who is always going to be in charge of something or who's always going to have to not worry about things in life when it comes to like paying bills or anything like that. Stuff which, by the way, you never had to experience. So in a way, you can look at this person, I would say, and almost relate to him in the fact that the things that bogged down normal people before they were embraced that you didn't have to deal with because you were a child neither did this man have to deal with that you're looking that walks out Mm -hmm. and you can see both these figures when they walk out and they start going down the steps towards you you can you can see they're both like smiling and they're like small talk between them and gerald excuse me and elijah as they are walking down and as the three get off the steps you can see that you can see that Brian Rogers and Elijah kind of go off to give respectable, like, like, like five, 10 feet between you and who is now Philip Brentwood, Prince of sure. the Twin Cities. And you see Philip kind of, kind of walks up to you and he walks within like two feet of you. And you see he extends his hands and he has kind of like this warm smile on his face, but you can also too that this, this man is pale. And mind you, like I said, the only kindred that you have dealt with were either have either been obfuscated to kindred or Ophelia who had like a seven in humanity or eight in humanity you know what I mean where you look at this mm-hmm. person and you can see that while Ophelia still had that olive complexion to her skin somewhat you can see that this man doesn't and and, and for sure. the first time with the moonlight cascading down upon his face you can kind of see the kindred condition for the first time how it would affect someone normal how it doesn't affect you but it affects other people and you see he looks down upon you and he has these blue eyes and, and and you can see like when he gets close, you can see his eyebrows are even kind of blondish. You know what I mean? And he and he, and his skin mm-hmm. is like very smooth. Like like with the day he was brought over, like he was cleanly shaved. And he looks down upon you and he extends his hand to you, and he's like, Valentine. Mm-hmm. I've been told is your name. I'll I'll just look at his hand with my hands clasped behind my back, and then look up and I will say, Yeah, you're right. I know who you are too. You must be Oedipus. Wow, you know, you you know your history. So, so I, I see you've used your time wisely. I've heard a lot about you. Matter of fact, you know, it kind of interests me because there are some of our kind who find what unfortunately happened to you to be t- taboo. But I, I'm frankly fascinated by this. And I, and I, you know what, let, would you like to go for a walk? Sure. Show me around. Yeah. Yeah. I'll show you around. Matter of fact, let's, let's just go. We'll go for a little walk outside here and then I'll bring you in and we can show you in if you, if you'd like to see inside and, you see, he kind of like goes and steps on. He like walks past the dumpsters and steps over the curb and steps onto one of those like golf cart lanes that kind of go through, you know, and it kind of occasionally there's like, you'll see poles along the golf course that have like this little globe, you know what I mean? That's lit, you know, so people can see if they're walking around at night. He looks down at you and he's like, Elijah told me about what happened to you. And, and I really want to, I really want to apologize for whoever did that for you. They're bad represent, bad representation of our kind. And I want you to know before we even exchange any further words that you'll find nothing like that happening to anyone in this city. Now we welcome you here with open arms. Okay. Well, just, just um, out of character, as we're walking, I'm going to subtly try and set the pace of the walking by walking slower than he does so that he has to slow down. If that makes sense. I'm tr- oh yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> it's kind of ass, but yeah. I'm just trying to, yeah. Get everything out. I can. Um, so I'll say to him, yeah, it's, it's a nice city you've got here, I suppose. Uh, it seems well run. 
it's it's not because of me it's because of all of us that are, are citizens of our kind in the city which kind of leads me to you know there's kind of a procedural thing that has to happen in situations like this and, and believe it or not until recently i haven't had to have this talk that much uh, i'll roll my eyes <laughs> i my first question though before we continue this is well why why, why do you want to come to this city why do you want to make this your home i had a friend here one of the only the only one of my kind i had met before i came and she was also the only one that showed kindness to me and something happened to her i'm here to get to the bottom of it and you're talking about the unfortunate miss juno who just yesterday i heard about something happened to her and we are trying to get to the bottom of it i want you to know what, that. what have you done so far i have my people looking into it you have to understand it's only been a day here and things like these are hard sometimes to determine if something did happen or something did not uh it's been turbulent to say the least sorry i, could, I would appreciate any leads or contacts you can provide me with yeah I'll, I'll have my people reach out to you if i feel there's anything that you need to know about that did and i understand the way things work here is quid pro quo so if there's anything you need from me in return i'll do what i can someone's taught you well which kind of leads me to my next questions. I take it that uh, I taught myself. That's good. That shows you have initiative. I like to hear that. You know, one of the things that we've been doing for the last couple of decades here in these cities of ours is we are selective who we bring within our ranks. Uh, we choose to bring over people that we feel can contribute and show the initiative that you have shown. And it makes me very happy to see that you have this, especially with what happened to you. I want you to know, Valentine, that with me being in charge of the city, that you can always feel like no one will judge you for something that was happened to you against your will. And if I hear <laughs> such things, I'll be quick to squash it. Yeah, well, I'm not saying we're friends yet, but it's good to hear that. Um, yeah. And from what I've heard about you, uh, this, if the city were to judge, you'd be the first out. You see him stop for a second and he looks down at you. What do you mean by that? I think you know what I mean. I, I know your history. I shouldn't have to repeat it to you. You see him for a second. He like is sitting there and you see that he gets down on one knee and he like to look at you in the eye. Are we really going to start a relationship like this, Valentine? I'm just bringing it up. Like you said, no judgment. I don't know what you're speaking of, Valentine. We can leave it at that then. It doesn't have to come up again. No, I insist. I do not know what you're talking about. I've heard about... I've got my own issues with my mother. I've heard you've got your own. I can keep this quiet. He stands up. He, like, kind of wipes the one of his knees off, and he looks down at you. You see, like, all, like, all hints of friendliness have just dropped from his face as he looks down at you. I'm going to smirk up at him, and finally, this is when I'm going to extend my hand to shake. He reaches out, and he shakes your hand, and you see there's a moment, an uncomfortable moment, where like he holds it, and he looks down at you, and he's like, I would think that your days of talking like a child and not showing restraint were over, but you show me that it's not. Let me tell you this. Watch your fucking words. Watch the words. Because you think right now, if you disappeared, anyone would notice? <laughs> I can disappear when I want. You wouldn't notice. We can have a friendly relationship. It's 
it's on your actions over mine. But I know things about you, and I know that you don't want others to know this. Are you trying to blackmail me right now? I'm not trying to blackmail you. I'm just saying, if something were to happen to me, I have an insurance policy. You do show initiative. And you see the smile come back on his face for a second, and he looks down at you, and he's like, you might fit in here. Good. Look, I'm just covering my own ass here, but you're the guy in, in power. You can get me what I need. Maybe I can get you what you need in return. We can have a professional relationship. I like this. What do you need? I need to know what happened to my friend. And I, I do not know. This is the second. I know, I know you time. don't, but I want to know everything that you do know and everything that you hear. And I want, I want first dibs on whoever did this. Yeah. Let me ask something in return of you. Shoot. And this has to stay between us. You have my word. I want to know what happened to Jonathan Chase. And I want to find out why there are three new Melkavians in my clan or in my city that just seem to show up out of nowhere. I, I've been told the reason why, and it makes sense, but I want to know why it's happening. It looks like I've got some investigating. It looks and like I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm sure that the two the two Occurrences aren't separate. I'm sure if we find out what happened to Jonathan, the pieces will fall into place. I just have a feeling those two would would intertwine somehow. Definitely. Do you have any ideas of anywhere to, where you do you have any hypothesis about what happened to Ophelia yet? I have no idea. I know a couple of her people that I can start start with, people that she's told me she was close to. Okay. You know, and uh, I would look kindly upon you if you kept me updated on what they are looking into. I'll hand him my cell phone. I'll say, put your number in here. You see, put in, he puts in a number. He's like, this is for an associate of mine. You call this number and ask for me, and they'll, they'll get me. Right. Um, do you have an address I can write to you as well, in case it's something more discreet or I need to you overextend yourself. go into more detail? You you you, sh- you overextend yourself, young one. You need to learn to be a little bit more subtle. No, I'm not going to give you the address to my haven. You can find someone here who will let me know if you need to reach out to me. And he kind of nods back to the country club. All right. I'll, um, I'll just turn and start walking back towards the country club. And he uh he he comes walking by you know he keeps like a you know he he's walking with you and as you guys get within the earshot of Elijah and Brian you can hear him go, yeah I think you I think you're going to be a great addition here to this city and I'm glad that you want to start fresh and you want to kind of become a part of our huge family here and, and that's good and and you keep it up and I think your goals that you have are are smart ones that will find you much success and peace and uh you know how to reach me you know i have an open door policy and he kind of pats you on the back and he motions for brian he's like i'm gonna let you here with uh with elijah though i got things to take care of and he's like you keep it up remember those traditions i told you about those are critical to the success uh, of our city i'll yell after him i look i look forward to working with you and it was an absolute pleasure to meet you yes definitely i Good hope you invite here. me up sometime to show me around the country club uh under less uh professional pretenses yeah maybe one time maybe one time will elijah tells me you're doing good things yeah definitely he's like but i got things to take care of brian let's go and he kind of like motions up and easy starts walking up the steps and head inside and 
the door closes, the metallic door closes behind you. As you're staying there alone with Elijah, he looks down at you and he's like, so how did that go? Yeah, it went well. He's a, he's an honorable man. I'll say it kind of dryly. And you can kind of see, like, raise the eyebrow at you as, as he's looking down at you. He's like, all right, I'm going to call Lenny. Matter of fact, I'll I'll give you Lenny Lenny's phone number, and I'll let Lenny know that you'll be reaching out to him. Lenny's gonna be the one who's gonna broker this introduction between you and Ophelia's former associates, and hopefully get this ball rolling on what you need to do. Okay. All right. Hey, one more thing. Was somewhere I can kick back if I need to. You mean the uh, our kind? Well, we have two places. We have here. But most likely, you're going to find more of a casual environment at the underground, which is a club that is downtown that is ran by Katrina Carrington. She's a, a member of a different family here of our kind. And uh, what's, what's the policy on bringing friends? We have a VIP section where friends aren't allowed, but your friends are allowed to go to the general area. Thanks. Hey, it was nice to meet you. Yes, I hope you keep in touch. And again, and he kind of hands you a piece of paper. Reach out to this one, and he, he'll start the conversation. He'll he'll broker the introductions between you and Ophelia's former associates, okay? Hey, and look, if you need anything done or if you need anything at all, I'm your guy. Definitely, definitely. No job too small. Yeah, we we all contribute. That's how our family's successful here in the city. And he just kind of smiles at yeah. you. We'll just say that you get into the car. We will cut to to Lenny. So Lenny, you're getting on the bus. And we'll say in game time, this is about three, four hours after this, this introduction just occurred with Valentine and the Prince. So this is after you're leaving Brooklyn Park, after visiting your herd. And you get your on the bus that takes you back to the Twin Cities proper. And uh, by the way, mark the two, two blood pool points that you uh, on your sheet there. And your phone chirps, sign, signify, uh, signaling that you have a text message. And you see that's a text message from Gerald. And you guys have like a code system where it's like meet at one, meet at two, meet at three, meet at four. You know what I mean? Which are different kind of like locations that you guys have, you know what I mean, picked. And he just sends you... A message like meet at two and and you find that two is just kind of like a dive bar that's like in downtown minneapolis uh rather than at a park or whatever you know and you kind of have realized too that like when he has this weird way of looking at things and the fact that if he is going to tell you something that he feels important he much rather tell you in a busy area than in a secluded area because he has this opinion that where and he's explained it to you before and you kind of grasp it you grasp a little bit when he's kind of taught you you know what i mean kind of like taught you a little bit of a skill set that sometimes he feels he much rather talk in an environment where he can be hyper vigilant and identify people more you know what i mean or where conversations aren't as listened to because there's more going on than like sitting at the park bench where he doesn't know you know what i mean where there's all this wide open space and you can't see quite everything in the shadows you know what i mean so like to him it's like he finds that somewhere where there's a lot of conversations going on, it's easier to camouflage a conversation that he feels is important with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. look, Lenny's not the smartest guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's, he's cutting, but he's not, he's not super intelligent. So when he's like, this is what we're going to do. And this is the reason why he's like, okay, 
so so definitely so you meet up at a bar uh at this in the front of a bar like 30 minutes later 40 minutes later and there's kind of just like it's in the outside area where people are smoking cigarettes and stuff like that because they can't smoke cigarettes indoor and you guys are kind of like just standing like in the corner of like because there's this where the street's at there's like this um cast iron fence that kind of goes around like the outside area to where people who are walking by the street can say hey look at there's all these people having fun this bar i want to go inside and hang out with them kind of thing and you guys are kind of leaning against it and he looks at you and he says so i spoke to elijah and the introduction between valentine and the prince went well it seems um uh before you continue i just want to yeah. kind of set the scene a bit um uh-huh. i am cloaked right is it the same kind of the mask that i was using earlier yeah if you want to yeah definitely would you prefer okay. to use that or would you prefer to use a different one that's fine all I right just, i just want to kind of understand like you know i'm yeah, walking yeah, yeah. up this is how i look yeah um I I appear as kind of like my former appearance when I was alive, and mm-hmm. he is I guess in his same kind of yeah thing. definitely yep in the same obfuscated form that you used to see him with like the Slavic features you know what I mean the curly black hair the the piercing blue eyes he never changes his at least when he interacts with you you know what I mean he never changes his outward appearance it, you find it almost like he feels it feels like he's trying to live his past life in a way you know what i mean by doing that like you wouldn't be surprised like vicariously yeah you wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's how he looked before he was embraced just by how often you see him in it where you find yourself being more dynamic with your appearances you know i would kind of like go and just like just take on whatever appearance like suits the situation Mm -hmm. definitely so he looks at you and and you you can see when he when he speaks to you, he'll speak to you, then he'll look around, then he'll speak to you. You always see like he's scanning, you know what I mean? When he's talking and he's like, so I spoke to, Elijah spoke to me and he told me that the presentation between Valentine and the prince went well. But he uh, he's worried about Valentine's temperament, but this is these are issues that we felt felt may come into play. You know, we, we knew this. This is why we involved you. And we kind of wanted you to take him under this wing. I, I, I'm just checking to see how how's it going. Broke, uh, have you have you made introductions yet with this group yet? Or or what's the progress on that? I'm working on it. I um, I reached out to Annabelle. Yeah. Uh, she's going to put me in touch with this uh, Kaitao. So uh, I'll be able yeah. to make some um, introductions soon, hopefully. Good. Hopefully tonight. Okay, that's good. I don't want you to feel rushed. We are keeping right now, we are keeping the leash taunt on Valentine. We're not letting it loose yet. We just want him. He needs to learn a little patience. But uh, no, we... Well, not all of us have patience. You know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. We just feel that if we keep the leash a little tight right now, that when we need to let him go and 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 and, and do what we hope he does, that It'll be even more impactful. So think about that when dealing with him, okay? We gave him your information to contact and reach out to you. So he may be reaching out to you soon. Uh, but here is his number two. And he kind of just slides you, you don't need a piece of paper, like a yellow post-it note. You know what I mean? Here's how you can reach him too if you need to reach out to him. Um, you're doing good things. You're doing good things, Lenny. Remember, this is a piece that we can use on the board. We just got to figure out, hone him in, rein him in. He's he he's like a piece of clay right now that hasn't been molded, Lenny. 
and you have an opportunity right now to mold them into becoming a valuable asset right now and maybe part of our inner family. We don't want him to be like like the black rat where he's an outsider looking in or even face. We know that you, Elijah and I, are the ones who keep this thing going for our family here. Let's keep doing that, okay? I'll make sure he understands that uh, clan comes first. Exactly, exactly. I'll look out for him. You don't have to worry about that. I I, I don't worry when I task you with anything. I seriously don't. You you make me proud. You definitely do. All right, I'm going to go. I got things to do. Keep up what you're doing, okay? Yes, sir. He pats you on the back and he kind of just walks through the crowd. What what are you what are you gonna do right now? You're just gonna kind of what, what's your plan of action right now? What's going on in your head, Lenny? Um, Lenny is kind of in this moment of uh, I don't want to say it's like a reverie. It's more it's, he's just lost in thought, sort of. You know, just kind of like he's gonna sit back. So maybe he has like this coffee that's going cold in front of him that he ordered that like obviously not gonna drink. But he's going to sit there and um, just kind of think about how, you know, that this this shakeup of things and how he can probably like turn that to the advantage of, you know, him and uh, Gerald. You know, he's looking out for, in his mind, the clan is first, right? And so he's he's looking out for them. And so he wants to try and make it so that uh, whatever outcome comes from this, it's beneficial to them. So he's sitting here thinking like, okay, so, you know, this this kid's in town and he's one of us, so we can turn into a tool for us. And, you know, I'm being trusted with this. So what can I do? You know, how can I direct him? You know, what, uh, how can I make him to where I, uh, I can direct him without, uh, it being obvious. Yeah, you know, just like pointing him in the right direction and letting him do his thing. You know, like I don't know a whole lot about him, but I know he's vengeful. So what what driving what's driving him, you know, you know, that kind of thing. So he's kind of just reflecting all this stuff. It takes him a little while to think about these things. He's just kind of like trying to determine, you know, what his best course of action with like the limited information he has. So he's just kind of reflecting on all this stuff that's come up the past couple of evenings. It's like mental visualization. You know, it's like sitting there trying to like think in this scenario, I could do this. And you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely taking all the yeah. information that you know while doing that. I like that. That, that, that it's, it's interesting. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want. Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. 
We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. But why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more.